got us again on Blue Miles. This is Ruth. And this is Mike clinging desperately to life. <laughs> Mike's been sick. So Poor me. We're actually recording on a Sunday as we usually do, but I'm going to try to turn this around in a day or two. It usually takes me a week, but I'm going to try to step it up because my daughters are coming into town with a new puppy. So I know oh, I will be distracted. They're bringing a puppy they're to your apartment? They're bringing a puppy to my apartment. Oh, I, I just know. don't think that's right. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Okay, Boomer. Also, I just wanted to remind you that if you have any questions or thoughts, you can communicate with us on boomerangspodcast.com, our email address, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So that's it. And now we're going to start the show. Uh, Mike is going to talk about his binge TV watching. Yes. Done over the time that he was infirm. It's so nice to be sick these days with the, <laughs> with the internet. We have those, all those sick done. days. I got a lot of All those sick days yeah. built up. We're also going to talk about Harvey Weinstein. Cool. Yeah. I see some common threads already forming. Well, why don't you go into, what was it, Finding Neverland? So I was home with the flu, uh, wondering how long it would last. Oh, yeah, and I looked on one of the websites. I think it's vulture.com. They'll tell you what they think is good on the streaming services. Okay. They said that the um, Leaving Neverland was on. And that's what I was looking for. And lo and behold, found it on HBO. So... I, that was the first thing I allowed myself to binge watch. Leaving Neverland is in two parts, and each part is two hours. And it's what's kind of brilliant about it is it's a just-the-facts, ma'am, kind of documentary that's done mostly through interviews and past photographs, one shot. What do they call it when it's one person in the camera shot? Just this one person. I think they call that a talking head. A talking head. Yeah. It's just the, the guy talking about his experience. I saw it a while ago now. I don't remember what the two parts, how it was divided up. You know, it wasn't so different part two from part one, except okay. that in part two, there's two men who yes. have come out about the abuse that they suffered from each of them from the ages of seven to 14, continuously from Michael Jackson. When they were very young at certain stages, or maybe seven or 11 around there, it was like nightly for a while where he would they would stay over with him like on a nightly basis. Right. Later it became intermittent because Michael Jackson would move on to new prey and they would feel rejected, of yes. course, even though they were victims. Yeah. And but but every so often they'd get together and whenever they did, it involved staying in his bed in Neverland or on Wilshire or in Century City. And being I mean and being, and being sexually being abused. Totally by sexually him. abused. And it, it was so credible because the way they described what happened, first of all, they're two separate men who, as far as I know, did not know each other. But the types of abuse, the sexual preferences in terms of behaviors and activities that Michael Jackson liked, they described the very same yes, things. Yes, was, it was the hard to things. discount them because of their stories being so credibly similar. Oh, yeah. It just has such a ring of authenticity. There's just no question that this went on. And so, in a way, it could be a, a depressing documentary to watch. And it's sad... The other difference, by the way, between part one and part two is part two, you start to see how each of them formed their own adult life. Each of them got oh, married, yes. the careers had they children. had or didn't have, and how their life and kind of went on. each of them had a on. son. 
Is That's that right? right. And each one had the similar experience of when their son started to grow into the age that they had been when the abuse had yeah. started. That's what triggered very deep flashbacks and feelings and stuff that these guys were not equipped to deal with. Right, right. Well, they had been, their families had been seduced along with yes. them. Yes, yes. I remember one of the mothers was more aware than the other one was. One was more suspicious, but they both were really... They were trusting. Yes. They both really were under Michael Jackson's spell. The other thing I remember about the documentary is Jackson wasn't really in it. No. It was not very much of him. This is an after the fact. Yeah. There's photographs. Photographs, but there's nothing really of him. No, it's about these men's experience. And it's completely subjective what they're... Yeah. I mean, there's no attempt to equivocate or to, oh, what is the word, interrogate them about their experiences. It's pretty much their believed and trusted by the filmmakers. Right. And it's very done in very low-key interview style. They're just talking calmly about things that happen. Yes. And that almost makes it more heart-wrenching. Emotion comes in at certain times for sure. But for the most part, they're just recounting the way they would if it was a deposition. Uh-huh. The mothers, they are a little more effusive, I think, in their interview style and the way that they speak. But no, for them, it's roughly the same. What you said is true. The families were seduced. The families were also, in a way, one in particular, destroyed by the whole episode. There's an Australian family with a uh, kid coming from Brisbane. Was he the one who became the choreographer? He's the one that choreographed for Britney Spears. Yes, he He was really talented. Well, Mm -hmm. he was talented. He was a Michael Jackson impersonator. That's right was first to That's right. He was all into him. Yeah. yeah. And the other, and his name was Wade. And then the other one was from Simi Valley. And he was not a big Michael Jackson fan, but he was cute. And his mother, it had been suggested to her to put him in commercials. And so she did. And he took to it and he got a commercial, Pepsi commercial with Michael Jackson. That's right. Where Michael Jackson walks in on him, impersonating him in That's his dressing right. room. Yeah. So with him, it was by chance. Yes. But Michael Jackson was taken by him and started this relationship with him. But what's, I don't know, there's just so many things I can't encapsulate it in making one particular point. But it shows, and why if we talk about Weinstein later, I think it ties together. It shows how power is used to harm people in yeah. these kind of scenarios. Mm. The promise of something better. I hold this key yeah. to your life. Yeah. And I care about you. This seduction and manipulation. And it's based on power of personality or power of position or both. Or both. Yeah. Yes. But there's also the flip side of it, which is the shame that both men experienced. Right. And that, you can't and it has to be secret and you can't talk about this. That's right. And if you do my life and, and yours, yours will, will be, be ruined. Destroyed. One kid was told he'll go to jail. That Michael mm-hmm. Jackson would go to jail. And They'd the never kid. see each other And again. the kid. They would both go to jail. Oh, I didn't remember that. I, I believe so, if Jackson. I'm remembering it right. Okay. But definitely Michael wow. Jackson. And so they were worried, oh, how could Michael Jackson survive in jail? And then the documentary goes through how during those intervening years, there were two boys who came out and made public accusations yes. and court cases. And... In both cases, these two men now testified, Wade and Jimmy, they testified that nothing ever happened. Yes. And they were adamant. And in fact, I think Wade's testimony was one of the reasons that the, it was a jury trial, I think. One of the reasons he was so credible that the jury let Michael Jackson off. Mm -hmm. Was his testimony. Yes. And they, yeah, they go in, they mentioned that I think Johnny Cochran was the lawyer. 
And they mention that they not only put him on to testify that nothing ever happened, but they put him on first because his testimony they knew was going to be so convincing. And in yeah. the end, it was convincing. Yeah. The first case settled for $25 million or something like that. And the second case went to trial and got an acquittal on 12 counts. Think of the guilt upon guilt. Because already when, when you've been abused like that, you're already feeling that it's your fault and you can't tell anyone. And it's this secret that's killing a part of you and you don't know how to deal with that. But then you've got these two boys who come forward and you must know in your heart that what they're talking Definitely. about happened. And so you've already betrayed yourself and now you're betraying them by keeping the secret. I don't remember, did either one of the men talk about the effect that they felt about having betrayed the accuser? They cover the point at which they testify against him and they just mention that they were just set on denying that anything had happened. Right. I think later when they go back and they're more grown up and they're talking about their wives and their families and all of that, I think they maybe make some mention of that. What I was surprised about was that without really having a chance to process this in some beneficial way, that they had been able to form attachments with women yeah, and that they had been able to become fathers because right. I would have thought that the depth of the trauma would really interfere with that. But in fact... There is this thing that you can reparent yourself oh, right. when you have a child right. by taking care of that child differently than you were taken care of. Right. So well, it sounds like that's what happened to I at least one of these I think men. it was part of both of their healing processes, although they don't define it so neatly. But in both cases, they have these sons, and when the sons get to be around the age that they themselves were... That's when the shit hits the fan psychologically. And that's when the marriages have the most strain and stress yeah. and trouble and fighting and difficulty. Yeah. Because something's coming up that they don't understand. It's probably 20-year-old stuffed rage that's never had a, an expression. I think they both get into therapy. Both of them had a lot of trouble with anger towards their mothers. And understandably so. I mean, the fathers were equally culpable. But they were passive. They were passive. And that has its own reasons for the children being enraged. Yeah. But the mothers did bear the brunt of it. Right. And in one case, I think, not Wade, but... Uh, Jimmy is the Jimmy, Simi Valley yeah. one. I think he really has not resolved things with his mother. I think things are still They both iffy. seemed a little unresolved, but are working on it. What's so awful about it to me, you know, as far as I know, I didn't suffer childhood sexual abuse, but I, I related all the same to the sense of the sense of needing to keep a secret about something that happened to you um, because you're loyal to the person who did it to you and how that harms you so deeply. You have to believe that they're going to be better off. It may be rocky still, and it may be rocky forever, but at least the, the secret is out. Yes. So that part's been relieved. Yeah. And they're believed. I mean, it's yes. not as if they were on trial themselves, and then he was acquitted of right. all of the counts against him right. that he had committed against these two men. Right. And they were boys. Yeah. They were believed. Yeah. Shall we move on to another yeah. predator? Yeah. To Harvey? Harvey. Well, it's interesting that you said that the the first case with Jackson settled for $25 million. I wasn't aware that there was a, a number that was attached to it because I thought that that was part of the non-disclosure was that he couldn't talk about the amount, but that may have been... Maybe it's after the fact they're able to. So, and yeah. I don't hold me to the exact figure, of that, but that's what I'm remembering. 
Harvey Weinstein was just said to be paying out $25 million to his accusers. Now, there are a lot of accusers. And the kind of bitter fact of this is that it's his insurance company that's paying it out. He's not personally responsible for it, which is incredible. Yeah. And what I didn't hear was whether the policy was written. I don't know how it's worded. If it was written so that should any inappropriate sexual behavior be attributed to him, would he be then covered by this policy? They didn't say in the article that I read, but there are many women, many of them, their cases are too old to actually come to trial. There are a couple of separate trials that are that are going on. One is being brought by, um, not Ashley Judd, there's another actress who's, who's bringing it to trial. Oh, Annabella Sciarra, I believe, oh, right. is bringing her to trial. And I think that that was over rape. And there's another person who has not come forward with her name who's also going to trial. Now, what's interesting to me is that one of these was a rape case. The other was forcible oral sex. And it's a weird thing to me. Mm -hmm. It's a weird kind of abuse that, that doesn't come up that often. That a woman, he forced oral sex upon her. Not her giving him oral sex. He raped her basically orally. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that you hear about very much. Mm -hmm. And it really does ask the question, what is a violation because a violation is really anything on your body that is unwanted. Absolutely. I think so. And he did this with more than one woman. He did it with another actress whose name I can't remember. But, mm -hmm. you know, he not only perpetrated these atrocities onto women, but enlisted his female assistants to set up the situation so that they would say that they would be in the room, but they would leave. Uh, he had this ankle monitor on, which was reported to have failed, quote unquote, 56 different times. Wow. And they said, oh, it's the batteries. Oh. They were having a problem with the batteries. Mm. But his bail went up from a million dollars to two million because wow. he had monkeyed with it. There were wow. periods of time for hours where no one knew where he was because Jeez. his bracelet wasn't, his anklet wasn't working. My concern is, will he be brought to justice? You know, something that happened with Bill Cosby was that he tried to have his case appealed because he said that the trial lawyer where he was convicted allowed women who were not taking his case to court or their cases were so old that they weren't actually, they weren't viable for um, a criminal uh -huh. case. Statute of limitations. Exactly. And because they were allowed to testify, that made that the case stronger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was overturned. So he's now still in prison. So I guess that if America's favorite dad can be put in prison, mm -hmm. then certainly Harvey Weinstein can see the inside of a jail cell. Mm -hmm. I just hope that that happens. Yeah. Because yeah. it seems unjust that the money that's going out isn't his. He's not paying for any of this. Oh, right. It's not harming him in this. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's covered by the right. luck of the draw right. that he right. had a clause that protects him. Mm -hmm. So it's just his case is so vast, like yeah. Cosby's case. There are yeah. so many women right. that he harmed right. that I just hope that they have their day in court. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. It makes me think, too, that this documentary about seeing the process of people who've gone through this, it's very healing to watch abused people speak openly about what they experienced and to see how they suffer with a sense, a terrible sense of feeling that to some extent or maybe to all, uh, 100%, 
they feel they were at fault in some way. Yes. I brought it on. I was in the wrong place. Huh. I wanted it. There's all these I excuses. I wanted the attention. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be special. There's all these excuses that yeah. you can tell yourself that make it your fault that still have to do with, I think, the idealized view of the abuser and wanting to keep that intact. So what's up with Weinstein? That's the latest news. That, that is the latest news. And he will at some point be tried for, for rape and for forcible oral sex. Right. And I don't know what his fortune is right now. His company went into bankruptcy. But that's a protection legalism as well, probably. That, well, that's true. And they have assets because right. they have their library. So right. I don't know what kind of settlement he'll yeah. come up with. There's all those rules about how you incorporate so that... You don't suffer financially if something goes wrong. That's right. That's right. But that you may not suffer financially, but your assets are also tied up in yeah. in that company. Yeah. Well, they had two companies. So right. they had Miramax and then they had the Weinstein company. Right, so I right. don't know which one is paying out the legal fees. At uh, least with him, he doesn't have this image where people come out of the woodwork declaring his innocence because they are so smitten by the image that they've been sold to him. That's very true. Nothing more than what you see with Michael Jackson. People were in love. They thought they were in love with Michael Jackson. But it was a product. It was no different than Coca-Cola. They had just been sold an image of a person who didn't exist. Well, but his music really existed. And well, that's true. what's difficult. Do we stop listening to his music because yeah. he was a sick individual who right. perpetrated these crimes against young boys? Yeah. I don't know. I struggle with that myself. I mean, it is really hard to think about not listening to certain music because yeah. I identify with certain songs with certain times in my life. Yeah, I think we can ha- handle both things. We can listen to the music, even note that something in us responds to the music, and know that the kind of person that he was in his personal life. Yeah. Oh, man, it's tough. It's tough, but I'm, I'm really glad the Weinstein stuff came out. There don't seem to be any defenders of him, right? No, not that I've heard. Mm-hmm. There, There's no one who is saying that he's really a nice guy and none right. of this stuff could possibly have happened. I yeah. mean, he hired the Masood. He hired Israelis Secret to spy on people, people yeah. and to trail them and to try to get them to back off. You mean accusers? Yeah, oh, accusers. Like trying to get exactly. dirt on the accusers? That he yes, even the person who was, who was doing the New Yorker article, which was originally with NBC, yeah. they tried to get Ronan Farrow to back off. Right. And intimidate him. Right. He spent so much money trying to get people to not report him. Right. And he made all kinds of non-disclosure agreements with women. Yeah. So he spent a lot of money before he was even revealed as the person that he is, Mm -hmm. trying to keep his reputation Mm -hmm. from going to hell. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Michael Jackson died. So those men don't have the ability to stand up to him and accuse him right. and have him be made accountable. And these women will have that opportunity with Weinstein. Right, right. Weinstein. Yeah. I still think healing's possible, though, without having the benefit of seeing the perpetrator yes. take responsibility. Yes, I think it um, is, but I think it's different. I think it's yeah. harder. It's a longer process. Yeah. At the same time, it's it's a beautiful thing to see that what the abuse of certain kinds does to you is it takes away your ability to live at peace with yourself or to be kind to yourself. Yes. It turns you into an enemy of yourself. Yes. And it's wonderful to see that through admitting what happened and through the process of learning that it it indeed was not your fault and that you didn't make it happen and that it wasn't the result of some deficiency in you, 
Yeah. You can come around to seeing that you can get back what was taken. Yeah. Well, I think I'm living proof of that because I had that experience. Right. And it was similar. Yeah. Someone who was yeah, interested. Yeah. And power equation. And it took decades for mm-hmm. me to recognize why right. I had this feeling that there was a hole in me, yeah. that there was a black center, right. and that it wasn't my fault, right. that it right. had been created by some you know, profound set of very disturbing, yeah. disturbing yeah. circumstances. Yeah. So yeah, it is possible. But uh, again, my perpetrator was dead by the time right. that I realized all of this. And, right. and I have had to go through it without being able to get any accountability. And that doesn't make my process any less profound. I no, guess, not at, at the all. End of it, at the end of the day. No, I think you can have a full healing whether or not, because the other situations are where the person is still around, but they're still not going to take responsibility. That's right. You can't force it. But I don't think it, it's not in their hands anymore. I think that's the other beautiful part about the healing process is they're not in charge anymore. I started out this episode doing Lauren Bacall, but I'm moving now into Mercedes McCambridge. Yes, you are. So <laughs> socks that so smell. Socks that smell. Mercedes, we are going to let you Mr. rest Roger your voice. <laughs> it's a very good movie. <laughs> we'll let you rest your voice. But it's hopeful. That's why I just wanted to put a word in. It is If hopeful. you're feeling uh, despondent about the state of politics or the world or abuse in general yeah. or all these things, check out that movie on Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, not yeah. a beautiful... Is it called A Beautiful Day in Your Neighborhood? No, I think that's a new one. Oh, okay. I think it's the one with Tom Hanks. I should know the name because I just watched it. Anyway, the documentary on Mr. Rogers yes. that came out this year. It is a beautiful it thing. It really helps you remember that there's so much good stuff in the human heart. Yeah, It's true. We need a lot more of that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Boomers, for taking a listen, and we will be talking to you very soon. So long, Boomers. Bye-bye. Ah!